Welcome everyone back to another edition of Cleve and Me as we took last week off because really honestly after you get post-mania we're trying to build up some things into the back into backlash uh, the drafts coming up in a couple of weeks but more importantly than all of that to the people especially on the show tones myself and others we will be at Monday not raw at Allstate Arena in Chicago Really excited for that. Anytime there is a wrestling event, whether it's WWE or AEW, we will most likely be there unless scheduling conflict is a concern. Um, This week, we will be getting Bad Bunny. We know that's our headline, which is awesome. Hopefully, something special comes out of that. I'm not sure if he's playing any of the music in the area at all. I'd have to look more into that. But it's definitely cool how... um, you know, he's going to be headlining the show, at least in terms of right now. We haven't heard on who else will be there. Um, I'm hoping Becky Lynch is, since she wasn't last Monday. I know she's dealing with a little bit of a foot issue and get, trying to get a new contract. Uh, but along many other things, I, I doubt Roman Reigns is there because he's on a break. Uh, but we'll see what goes down. So look for us. It'll be hard. We'll be in the Hunter section, lower bowl and the aisle. They usually only show the floor seats, which we have had before. So not easy to find us, but be tuning in to the USA Network at 8 Eastern, 7 Central to see what the boys are in store for. So that's going to be awesome. We'll bring Cleveland a little bit here. Uh, Tones, the third part of the tripod, they're all going to be joining. Right now it's Solo Dolo with your boy. So this is what we're going to do. In the meantime, we always, always talk WWE. We say we're going to get... To AEW and we cut them short in most episodes, or we just move to a pay per view. I want to talk a little bit about AEW right now. And going off last week, you know, the first thing I noticed, and for people that watch weekly, uh, this will obviously come as no surprise, but Keith Lee losing to Chris Jericho had me. Not scratching my head because I think Jericho is better at everything, better than, you know, I mean, he's older now, but in terms of Mike's skills with accomplishments and ring, I really think it all goes to Jericho. But he won, and I'm just wondering, I know it was a good match in the main event. Just a little pointing because I think he should just be a big badass. We don't need gimmick clothing we don't need all this crazy stuff he's a big dude let him be a big dude like bronson reed they when they brought him back he's they're letting him be the big man the 
happen. We don't need any anything extra there. That's just my two cents when I was looking at a little bit of last week. Uh, in a, in some, you know, a little tiff I had with the show. Now, long and many people did was the return of Sting. Not so much in terms of obviously fighting a match, but he's like, you know what? Uh, MJF, just because you're here right now, no, 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 you're not stealing the show. Darby Allen, he wins his match. Uh, MJF thinks he's going to ruin it by coming out. And then, like I said, Sting comes to the aid. to Not physically, but, you know, speaking on behalf of Darby and saying this is his time. This ain't your time. Even uh, Sting referenced Ric Flair a couple times, which I thought was cool. Uh, MJF slaps Darby in the face and runs away like the little B. We know what B word I'm talking about. He is sometimes when it comes to his non-matches, even though he's one of the best characters in the game of wrestling. Uh, but I just, anytime Sting comes back, we don't have, he even said it himself, he doesn't have a lot of time left. Um, not even just matches, but on the TV. So he's going to, let's have him have his moments while we can, because I think that's, very important for a legend who really rebuilt himself well after a short stint in WWE, you know, like in 15, so he had the triple H fight, Seth Rollins, uh, you know, messing with them, things of that nature. And I just was very happy to see him come back on the show as one of the biggest legends in the game. Uh, still to this day, even though obviously it's more, on the mic, but I tell you what, when he's been in the ring, like I saw him live in Chicago at a New Japan event, he jumped off at the top, and I mean, he can. God bless, he recovered well from the past. Uh, looking at one other thing, I'm a huge Orange Cassidy fan. I was very, very happy to see him escape with the victory. I don't think that Buddy Matthews here. You know, he already has the trio's title. It really didn't make any sense for him to have to have both as great as he is. But Orange Cassidy, I keep building for him. I want him to get a main title shot. It's not the time or the place right now with MJF, obviously. But having the international championship will do for sure. Before I get into this week's card, though, which I'm going to do in a minute as I bring it up here. As I wait for my boys to shop, uh, as I was saying, get in here shortly. I'm going to take a look at the AEW card that is coming up for tomorrow's show. As we talked a little bit about the past, one thing I didn't mention was I do love the battle with the TNT Championship with Hobbs and Wardlow. Why not have the two big behemoths go against each other as Hobbs will be defending that? Wardlow's been messing with him on the outside. Uh, we'll get Jay White in a match. We're also going to get Jericho coming off that big victory, like I said, against um, Keith Lee. He'll confront Adam Cole face-to-face and much more. We'll also hear from the elite. Uh, one thing I want to ask Cleve, though, is we, you know, we always talk about people who went WWE to AEW. The name we're talking now at hand, Mr. Cleve, and welcome is Keith Lee. He lost in the main event last week to Jericho. Now, it was a great match, and he was in the main event. But to this point, seeing a couple character changes, haven't seen anything crazy. I'm just wondering if we're, you know, is Keith Lee always just going to be intermediate? Or is there a chance like in NXT when he had both championships, he could still get to the top of this thing? 
feeling great to talk about wrestling. And I think Keith Lee is a middle card guy. I've always said in the past, there's nothing wrong with being a middle card guy. A lot of WWE legends were middle card guys, but I think with his age, I think Keith Lee is around his late. I think he's in his forties. I don't, I'm not sure if it's early or late, but I think at that age, well, if he, if he is around 38 years old, yeah, you're you're close. Yeah. So he's knocking on 40. So at this point in his career, he kind of, it is what it is. You know, it's like a, in basketball, football, you know, after 10 years, this player is what it is. It's not, you may have one lucky type year where he just jumps to the top, but it never sustains for too long late in someone's career. And I just, it's nothing, like I said, there's nothing wrong with being a middle card, but I think Vince may have called this one correct too when he saw that, you know, Keith Lee just wasn't going to put butts in the seats like other guys are. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just looking at some other people on the just in wrestling on the roster. I bring up Keith Lee and others that came up on the screen. They just put big guys like Lesnar, Lashley, you know, I'm not, you know, he moves great for his size and I, you know, am never going to question his athletic ability. However, the older you get, the harder things get. And some of these guys, when you have your uh, Lashley, your Lesnar's, I mean, that's why they last so long because they keep their bodies in such great shape. Even Jericho, who I made fun of a little bit years ago for getting out of shape, got into phenomenal shape once again. Um, you know, John Cena, who shows up once in a while, he's always staying in good shape, even though his hair doesn't do the same at times with the little uh, bald spot theory called out days ago. But I just thought that was interesting. Uh, and, you know, I wanted to get your opinion on that. Also, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs hasn't been champion forever. Personally, as we bring Tones in here, Tones, we were ta- I was talking a little bit on my own about AEW last week because I wanted to start with AEW and then uh, talk about tomorrow's show. We have a TNT championship match between Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow for a while. Uh, now they've been kind of not, not fighting but going back and forth. Wardlow ruined his car last week. These are two big dudes. Hobbs hasn't been champion an overly long time at the same time. It'd be interesting if Wardlow got a loss, maybe something happens here with disqualification. We move the rivalry down further, but when you look at powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow, who do you like more just overall in the, in AEW of what you've seen out of them too? And who do you think uh, should, you know, should this match end up in a clean win by somebody, maybe something dirty to continue the rivalry, but uh, how we doing and what's your thoughts on that? Well, I was doing good. My fantasy pitcher was swimming along until he just pulled up on his hamstring. So, uh, you know, that's never a good sign. Alex Wood, pitcher of the Giants, exits early in this one. But I'm good other than that. We got a... Nice. I got the Marlins for a lock. Let's go. We got a... Well, they're down two to nothing, so sorry about you. But um, anyway, uh, great to be here. The lightning puck drops in about... Probably, I'm going to guess 18 minutes. ESPN claims 6.30 Central, but you know how that works in the playoffs. Anyways, I'm doing great, fellas. Uh, Sorry to scare you like that, Joe, for your lock. Uh, Spook you out a little bit. But I I hope Wardlow gets the better of this one. I think Wardlow is one of the better entertainers. There are powerhouse Hobbs is great as well. He's one of the up-and-comers, and he's one of the stables of 
AEW's creation for their home growing stars, as is Wardlow, though. And I think Wardlow has what it takes to really keep becoming more and more of a heart and soul guy of the company. I don't know if it's going to be clean, as I think this rivalry deserves to keep going a little bit. So we could see some foolery unfold. We could see some trickiness happen. But I'm I'm going with Wardlow in this one to get the TNT championship. And uh, I think the things he's done are going to keep propelling his way to the top. But I do think this rivalry is only in the midst of it. I agree with that completely. And since, you know, Jericho is one of your favorite, before I give another question to Cleve, and then we'll talk WWE, I mentioned how you, I, and many others are going to Monday Night Raw next week. Uh, it seems we're setting up for Jericho, Adam Cole. I think this is very just awesome, as Tones uses that word a lot now these days. Uh, first off, you don't need a title to have these two compete. Uh, and they're no matter what anybody says, uh, people make fun of you know Adam Cole's body figure all the time. People sometimes make fun of Jericho. This will be a great foundation for something that has needed no title. These two should have a more than just one battle. I'd be fine with two or three, best of three, whoever gets three first. I just think, um, you know, they both have good faction backgrounds, but at the same time, good singles. Um, you know, history is going back many, many of years. Jericho is obviously most known for WWE. Adam Cole most known for NXT. Tones, what do you think of this, uh, you know, little battle that AEW is going to start up here? And do you think your boy Chris Jericho being the older veteran? I mean, they're both veterans, but being the older guy can come out with some victories here. Or do you think they would mostly go with Cole, who's recently returned? I think this is going to be a phenomenal bout, and I think it's going to be one of those that take a while to complete. And I think that people just hate Adam Cole because they don't have his life and they don't have his wife, right? If, if you're not wrestling. Amen. And if you don't have a hot wife, you're going to be, be a hater. And, uh, you know, a lot of haters go from armchair wrestling analysis that really don't know a thing about wrestling. And they any smart person knows that Adam Cole is one of the better ones in the industry. And I think that this is going to be phenomenal. You got one of the best of all time in Jericho. You got one of the best in the industry at this very time, Adam Cole. As much as I want Jericho to win, I think they're going to help put Adam Cole over here as Adam Cole. I think that they want him to keep growing, and I think they want him to become one of the faces of AEW. Jericho's already one of the faces of AEW, so they don't really need him to win more matches than this. I kind of sense, you know, they're using him as they used an AJ Styles or as they used a John Cena in the WWE against these younger guys. You're going to start seeing AEW try to utilize Jericho as such as his time keeps ticking and ticking and ticking. Not that he's going to retire within a year or anything like that, but he's no spring chicken. So I think they're going to realize his great in-ring ability, realize he doesn't have much of it left, but what he does have it left, they're going to use it to put over these younger guys or these guys more so in their prime, such as an Adam Cole. And you're right, Joey, 100% right, Jericho known for his time in the WWE back in the day, but, but I'm growing certain that people are starting to recognize Adam Cole for not only his NXT, but they're starting to recognize him as AEW. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, I'm sure 
by the time both retire, whenever that would be, um, you know, WWE NXT would be first, but a close second will for sure be AEW as, you know, there are no spring chickens and they're going to be still with these companies for a while. Uh, Cleve, what is your thoughts on Jericho and Adam Cole? And then uh, we'll get into a little something else. Well, I must be one of the haters' tones we're talking about because I just don't see the hype with Adam Cole. He just, you know, he just seems like another guy on a roster to me, honestly. Another guy. Serious question. What don't you like about him? If you can name five legitimate reasonings behind your claim, then you got to claim. Well, I don't think anyone has five reasons why they don't like so then, someone. So then but you're lying. He doesn't. We don't need We don't like, need five, but give us a couple. He doesn't couple. look like a main event champion to me. He's too small. He doesn't, I mean. That's really just like the height thing. It's just like it's not believable as a world's champion in a WWE. There, he can't be a champion. He's not small like Adam Cole, though. They're the Adam same Cole size is, and height. Dude, Adam Cole is small. Adam Cole is six feet tall. Keep going on why. Give us other ones, but I'm gonna look at both of them now. So, and he just uh, never, he just never stood out. It wasn't nothing that was go damn, you know. So Austin Theory has one inch. He's six one. So six. He looks way. Oh come on! If you put them side by side, Theory. Looks You're more talking about his core. I have a feeling. Well, yeah, just how he looks. He doesn't look like a world champion to me. Hence why he didn't make it in the WWE. I mean. The truth hurts him a bit, but I think with this feud, I think it'll be a good thing for him because he can start fresh in AEW, and he's a new face over there. Jericho, like Tones mentioned, is getting toward the age where it's better that he puts over younger stars instead of thinking about himself. So this could be a great feud for him, knock off Chris Jericho, and then it could elevate him possibly to the AEW World's Heavyweight title pitcher at some point in time. Because I will say one thing on a pro for Adam Cole. I could and he, almost... he chose to leave WWE. He, it's not like WWE kicked him out. He chose to leave, so don't get that confused either, Cleve. And, and on top of that, before Cleve jumps back in, because this is a good back and forth we got here, I'm not going to say with 100% certainty because I don't have all the data in front of me, but I would almost say before the bloodline, was a thing that the undisputed era was the best faction we've had over the past five to 10 years. I would say outside after, and that, cause the shield now we're already coming up on like almost 11 years. So after the shit, I would almost say the undisputed era and coming from NXT was the best faction we've had post 2015. I I, I will not say with a hundred percent certainty, but pretty close to it. That's, I mean, on NXT, yeah. I mean, that's a, I got to look and research on that. But I think, eh, I mean, I really, we haven't had a bunch of great factions. I mean, Jericho's faction in AEW, even though that's still not newer, but he, he had a good faction. But I'm talking like from when AEW wasn't even really a thing yet, 16, 17, and when it was in the beginning in 18, I would feel like the Undisputed Era. Will uh, New Day pros fifteen? If I think if New Day falls in that, then New Okay, New Day is I'll give you the uh, New Day. I'll give you the New Day. New Day is technically a trio, uh, a group more than two. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you New Day. Uh, what about the? What about the Bullet? The Bullet Club? Well, uh, well, I don't think they have the 
Uh, you could argue that AJ Styles and Carl Anderson and Luke Gallup at one point had a big run on the main roster. I think they was tag belts and AJ was the WWE champion or United States champion. I forgot which one. But I remember all three had a belt at one point in time. My point is just, though, it's harder and harder to come up with these, and we're, you know, kind of fumbling through it right now. That And, again, that, st- that stable wasn't completely done by Adam Cole in its entirety. Um, they have multiple guys in there who all, not all of them, but pretty much at one time, Bobby Fish. Well, Bobby Fish, I don't know what happened. The Dark Order in AEW is one of the best. Yeah, and honestly, rest in peace, but if it wasn't for Mr. John Huber passing away, um, it would have continued. It's fallen off greatly since that time, unfortunately. But at the time, um, was definitely a really good one. But my point is, there, undisputed era is definitely up there and could argue with any of these that we've mentioned. Um, so I, I'd I'm, only, I'm ex- I'd only throw sanity in there for what we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, and I mean, whether it was their fault or not, it just. Not not many had that. None of these that we've mentioned had the staying power outside of New Day that the Undisputed Era it did until they broke them up because of contracts and everyone started to go their own way. As Tones mentioned, Adam Cole was the start of that. Um, we will also hear tomorrow from FD, FTR who got their championship tag titles back. We'll hear from the Elite. We now know that AEW is having a huge show in Wembley. So my last question on AEW before we move over to WWE is this. I mean, we've talked about it in group chats. We talked about it. I don't know what is going on with Mr. Drew McIntyre. But I think if you're going to go to Wembley Stadium, they're going to put on a great card. That's not going to be hard to do. They have excess talent everywhere to do that. But you're going to have to bring back, you're going to have to bring somebody in who's going to have some jaws drop. And I think what better way to do it to me than Drew McIntyre. And and people can't say it can't happen because he was fired once before. So even though sometimes he's called Vince's child boy, he's been fired and he's also came back into WWE and did what he was supposed to do. He wanted the championship. He's not, he doesn't miss that from his resume. Now I am not guaranteeing that it's going to happen. I just think, I'm just trying to connect the dots. It feels like a great play. Tones, your thoughts on the Wembley Stadium pay-per-view. Um, it's our first big one internationally. And uh, my – not my rumor, everyone's rumor right now maybe with potentially Drew McIntyre. In a snap of a finger, as you couldn't even get into the virtual queue, you had to wait hours to try and do so. So I think that it's going to be a big success in terms of viewership tickets and ambiance of Wembley. Now, could they deliver? Could they – come through clutch i don't think we necessarily need a big surprise but it would definitely be beneficial we've seen wwe skate away some shows and have great shows and a lot of the time they don't have big surprises anymore so i do think AEW can get away without having a big surprise now would a drew mcintyre help certainly so and a lot of signs point that he may join AEW, but We've seen stars be babies and use this as negotiation tactics before, like a Liv Morgan, like a Kevin Owens. We've seen both of their Twitters go dark, uh, remove profile picture, remove WWE information, tweet some cryptic messages, and we've seen both of them return. So although I do think I agree with you, I think McIntyre ultimately 
does leave for AEW. We are in 2023, and a lot of these superstars, when money's on the line, they're like any other athletes. They get like little babies sometimes, and they try and use a clean swipe of the social media as a negotiation tactic. Again, is that a guarantee is what's happening? No, 100% not guarantee that that's what's happening, but it could be happening. Uh, He could be trying to negotiate with them. And and to the people saying he's Vince's chosen one, that was over a decade ago. He's not Vince's chosen one anymore. Let's be honest. They they had him change theme songs from his chosen one theme song. Was he Vince's chosen one at one point? Yes. But from that point and now, there's been a lot of superstars in between insert Austin theory that Vince is using his chosen ones, quote unquote. So I think McIntyre is ultimately out the door, but at the same time, we have seen this with a handful of stars before, but I do think McIntyre and Wembley, I think he would get that place rocking for sure. I agree with you there. Oh, absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to that event. I'm trying to look up the date, Cleve. Um, By the way, other mention rumor people that could be that that'd be cool. A CM Punk return, even though he's already in the company, a Sasha Banks, uh, coming over is a couple other things as well. Cleve, what's your thought on, you know, this is a huge deal. This is one of the biggest stadiums in London um, that it's, it's huge. AEW is getting over there. They feel confident enough. That it's Memorial Day weekend, Joe. Memorial Day weekend. So, wow. That's coming up real fast. We're going to have, wow. Okay. I, for some reason, I, you know, smart of them though, not to have it around SummerSlam. I thought maybe they would do June or July, but it makes sense. You could do it Labor Day where everyone has an extra day off. Uh, Cleve, your thoughts on that uh, being their first big international show and, um, you know, maybe Drew McIntyre, maybe a Sasha Banks, maybe a CM Punk return. Would you do something over the top or do you think like Tones, you don't have to do that, something like that? Well, I would say congrats first because, as we know, Europe, uh, sort of especially over there, wrestling is really big. Hence why we opened up a NXT UK because they knew how the growing fan base is over there. So great for AEW to get international shows, get more viewerships through the shows. And if you have fans over there, you know, this will be the first time they actually get to see their wrestlers in person. So really cool moment. My thing with the Drew McIntyre situation, I just, I wouldn't understand why would he leave unless AEW, and yeah, you could throw money in there, but his promises of him actually being the guy to challenge MJF and possibly win the championship, I think he would just be in the same predicament that he is in WWE at the moment. Um, I just feel that right now with the whole Roman Reign holding both belts, you have to sort of find a way to keep Drew McIntyre busy. And I think they have for the most part. I think the triple threat match at WrestleMania was a really phenomenal match. I think he got a five-star rating. All three guys went and did their thing. Drew McIntyre this past year has had numerous shots at Roman Reigns. So I don't think he's unhappy with the company. I think I think Drew McIntyre is just a little burnt out. You know, got some injuries you want to take care of. I don't really think it's too serious where WWE will allow one of their biggest stars to walk away. We've seen it in the past, yes, with Cesaro, but Cesaro was never the star that Drew McIntyre was. He never was the face of the company. So I think WWE will work really, really hard to keep him around just because it'll be a really dumb move if they let him go to AEW. And then my last point, 
I don't think they need a surprise. I think them alone just doing a overseas show is big enough for them. But the rumors of CM Punk returning has been coming up, making a lot of noise of lately. So if they were to have someone come back, Punk will be really cool to see come back. Yeah, and how about this as we transition to WWE, boys? The year I was born, 1992, the same month, actually, as we all know, SummerSlam is usually July or August. WWF, not WWE, on August 29th, 1992 at Wembley Stadium, had SummerSlam. And it was on, it was an aired tape delay that was on Monday, August 31st. So that's just wild. It was on a Saturday but it was on a tape delay until the Monday for everyone to see The pay-per-view included ultimate warrior versus macho man for the WWF world heavyweight championship, uh, British bulldog and Bret Hart for the intercontinental. Uh, Shawn Michaels was also on the card of many others, but that was in 1992. They had 80,355 people in 1992. So, wow, that's, Whatever w, uh, AEW does, I'm interested to see what the attendance is. My guess would be somewhere probably between that 50,000 and 70,000 range if I had a, if I just had to throw a number out there right now, which would be beyond tremendous. But uh, we could definitely talk about that when we get closer and predict the show. Uh, let's move on, though, to a little WWE as we hit the, over the halfway point and we'll, you know, Got things to do, and I appreciate the boys coming on as always as the tripod is back. Uh, Tones, I'm going to start with you on this. Are you – let's see here. How, how could I – are you more entertained as we go on the next few weeks by the Trish Stratus heel turn that is going on Becky Lynch, which will lead to them having – Rivalry for how long, we don't know, but definitely uh, throughout at least the month of April and the May for sure. Or are you more intrigued about what they're going to do with Nakamura when he comes back? Uh, it seems like he might get in a rivalry right away with Karrion Cross, but Nakamura is one of those guys, I feel like, Tone, since we, we really got back into it, I don't know if it, either of you can refresh my memory. I think it was 2018, the Rumble win, he had his title run. It really, things haven't popped pop for him since. I mean, when he had the Intercontinental Championship, he didn't even fight with it as Vince poorly booked him. Uh, are you going to go the ladies' direction with the Trish Stratus heel turn, or are you going to go with the Shinsuke Nakamura return? And I'm going with the Shinsuke return. The Trish Stratus heel turn doesn't really intrigue me much. Do I love Trish Stratus and her history? Yes, but at this point in time, I think the women's division got to a point where, yeah, she's a good character in it, but her heelness, her faceness, her alone, we know she's not going to be around forever. Heck, we know she ain't going to be around probably much longer in general, right? I think Nakamura is still a guy that the WWE could build around. They could hype up, and I think Triple H is going to utilize him in a way he hasn't really been utilized to this point. I think we're going to see a great success with Nakamura. And I think this is only the beginning of a great comeback for Shinsuke as the time goes on. I'm looking forward to the Nakamura one, not because I don't like Trish and what she's capable of, but let's be honest. I think her ceiling's only so high in a crowded women's division when you're 
a lady whose days are numbered. You know, when a Cena comes back, when a Lesnar comes back, when a Trish comes back, when Alita comes back, we know their time is more so capped. When a Nakamura comes back, we know his time and potential are unlimited. And he's one of the best in the business to me in terms of in-ring tactics, being an in-ring assassin, an in-ring guru, an in-ring genius for wrestling moves. I'll put it like that. I think Trish Upson, Gold Lightning! Yeah! One to nothing, bolts on top. But nonetheless. I thought the puck drops in three minutes. Wow. I predicted around 640, 645. Remember I said 630, but by the time. Well, no, I mean, that's good. I mean, I'm glad they scored. That's good. But uh, for that reason, yeah, I'm looking a little more forward to Nakamura. We love the live reaction. Too bad the fans won't be able to see it, but me and uh, Cleve and myself did. Before you get out of here, I know you got to go. You could tell us what you got, Box, but I also have one more question for you. Cleve, I'm going to ask you the same ones, uh, that one we just did. And now there's two championships on the line this Friday. Uh, Tag team titles, Raquel Gonzalez and Liv Morgan versus Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. There's Gunther versus Xavier Woods. I'm not going to ask you who you think has the better chance of winning. I think it's going to be bleak for both oppositions. If you can only watch one of those championship matches, which one are you watching? And your closeout. Mm. Wow, that's tough. Xavier. The thing about Xavier and Gunther, I feel like a lot of people don't think, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people don't think Xavier could win and I feel like a lot of people are questioning that matchup but at the same time I'm thinking to myself like I feel like they're going to want to elevate Gunther's game soon right and they're going to want to put him in quote unquote maybe bigger and better pictures I know it's hard with Roman Reigns having two belts and whatnot but to be honest I think they do want to get Gunther in the main event title scene I'm not sure if it's going to be against Roman for you know two belts not sure if it's going to be a couple years down the road when the belts do break up into one. So it, it's a tough call because it's really a matter of when and not if they want to turn Gunther's attention to the main title picture. I just don't think it's yet. So although I am looking forward to the Gunther-Xavier Rhodes match more, I think Gunther ultimately wins. But I think it's a close one. I think Rhodes helps put him over, tests his fates a little bit. But at days end, I, I think right now Gunther retains until after the draft. We got to get a little more clarity, in my opinion, on where these dudes are about to be. But at the same token, one could easily argue me then, hey, well, with the draft coming up, it might be the time to put the belt on a guy like Rhodes until the draft happens. And then draft night, you could easily, you know, have a surprise happen where a guy gets drafted to do a new roster, win the belt, something like that. So uh, although I'm looking forward to the Gunther match more, and I think he retains it wouldn't surprise me at all with the WWE draft coming up to see a shakeup happen for a guy like Rhodes to easily lose a match and, uh, you know, to a bit of a surprise draft pick in theory or so to sorts. And speaking of draft picks, Bucketeers is going to have some draft episodes soon, including tomorrow night. We're going to be live previewing the Buccaneers draft, which is only a little over a week away. And then at the same token, we're going to do our annual tradition and not sure what round on day three of the draft Saturday yet we're going to broadcast live, but we're going to come at you live with some day three on 
NFL draft coverage as well on the Bucketeers. So, again, you guys can keep up with us on Twitter at Bucketeers, Instagram, Bucketeers Pod, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and so much more Bucketeers podcasts. And I guess, gentlemen, if the lightning go down, I might have to hop back on because that was a good luck. But one to nothing. We'll see where this game leads. Go Bolts. Hoping the Bolts fare better than the Bulls do and the Bucks do. So uh, a couple of my teams didn't have that great of playoff success. And uh, hoping the Bolts can make a little better. Good luck to the Lightning. Enjoy the game. And thank you for joining us as Cleve. I'm going to right off of him. Go turn to you then. Ask you the same two questions. More intrigued by the tag team women's match or the IC title match will go there first. And then let me know what you think about um, the first question I asked to Mr. Tampa toes. I'm more intrigued with the IC match. I've said it multiple times. We all said it on the show, the women tag team belts just don't intrigue us at all. Um, we know we have new winners, Raquel and Liv Morgan, such an oddball team. I thought, I don't think so. I thought Raquel was with Aaliyah. Then what happened to Aaliyah? Well, Aaliyah hasn't been on for, I saw a report. She hasn't been on TV since like November. Yeah, they're just throwing Raquel around in these tag team divisions. I think she's above the tag team division at the moment, which this is a little bit off topic a bit, but I think this is a perfect reason why you need a new card women's belt just because you cannot keep cramming teams together and calling it a tag team and expect people to give a damn about it because we really don't care because every new week it's a new tag team being formed to defend these belts that no one cares about anymore so the intercontinental champion match intrigues me more because with um biggie and kofi kingston out for some injuries it seems that wwe is finally finally giving xavier woods his chance to shine. Um, he had a match with LA Knight. He pinned LA Knight, another guy who the fans are behind, but miss booking. So with the draft coming up, I wouldn't be surprised to see Xavier Woods beat Gunther, Walter Gunther, whatever, only because I think he has outgrown the Intercontinental Championship pitcher. He has held for a very long time. He has beaten everyone that has came before him. I just think he's too big of a star right now for that belt. And the perfect guy would be Xavier Woods to help build his single character back. Build his single character up just in case one day Kofi and Big E doesn't come back and he's still around. Fans can actually see him as a singles wrestler instead of a tag team wrestler. And before Tones has one more quick point, Cleve, in just a one sentence, two sentences, are you with him? Are you going more with the Nakamura return? Or are you more intrigued Trish and Becky. Right now, I'm more intrigued with Trish and Becky, and he is more in tune with Nakamura. I'm intrigued with the Trish and Becky. I was a huge Trish fan growing up, so it was really dope to see her. No disrespect to Nakamura, but he is what he is. I said it with Keith Lee early at this point in his career. He's just a middle card guy. Tones, what do you got? Is you coming back from the dead? Hopefully, the Lightning scored another. One to nothing still, so they haven't scored okay. another just yet. But uh, I, I'd like to say a couple things. First and foremost, after the draft, I am going to 
recoup and rejuvenate the damn report a little bit. So uh, we're going to incorporate damn. that back into Cleve and me episodes as we've taken a hiatus for that. As I, I blame Cleve because he went to Hawaii and I had to consume more time. So elaborated that. But I want to <laughs> make it known for wrestling fans. I mean, hell, wrestling's on every night of the week pretty much. And we might get an AEW show on Saturdays even, but hey, if there ever is a night without wrestling on, or a morning without wrestling on, I should say, or if you're ever up to like 3 a.m. aimlessly staring off into space like I often am, just kidding, but um, a great series on Peacock is Evil. Evil is a great series. We've talked about it briefly before. There's eight episodes in season one. I'm really hoping they do make a season two. And really the premise behind it is WWE, WWF, and WCW. And, um, you know, anyone under the WWE umbrella, evil characters, they really do a 40-minute to an hour mini documentary about them on why they're evil and how their character became as such and how after a while it takes a toll on them in reality. I just watched a Randy Orton one this past weekend. And the Stephanie McMahon won this past week. And let me tell you, if you thought Vince McMahon was the most evil McMahon, you're mistaken there. And then Randy Orton, crazy life story. So those of you who have a peacock who aren't cheap enough to not fork up the five a month, like some of your grubby paws that remain in your pockets, it's like, yeah, if you can't afford five a month, probably shouldn't be a wrestling fan. But at Dave's end, uh, you got peacock and you got evil documentary for your service so uh go enjoy when you're looking for wrestling any given sunday or any given day any given time look at this evil documentary series i think it's really good and how excited are you for monday night raw i'm pretty amped i can't lie Uh, i think it's going to be a good time we haven't been to a wrestling event since what was it AEW thanksgiving weekend now i believe so uh sounds right yep you know, it's been since November. So, yeah, it, for our our standards, it's a pretty long stretch. I'd say we go one every three months to an AEW or WWE or wrestling show. So, uh, we missed that SmackDown because we were at the Bulls game. Yeah, we missed a SmackDown for sure. So, uh, uh, you know, hey, now's our stretch. We got a little stretch here, and it starts off. Goal! Goal! Two to nothing! Uh, uh. It, and the Marlins took the lead. This is, this is great. Yeah, I hop I, I hop back on for a reason, Anthony Sorelli. So um, <laughs> let's go, Sorelli with that one, Balamar with the first one. Oh baby, two to nothing, Lightning. We're cooking. Sorry, boys. It's I'm glad I hung around though, because uh, it might be good luck at the end of the day. Thank you, Mr. Tones and Cleve. We have hit the point where it is main event time. The only thing we have not talked about yet, and why. And what better time to wait for the end of the show as Roman usually does when we're talking about the bloodline Um, bloodline, you know, I'm going to say this. They were kind of, you know, crossing over with the judgment day yesterday, two heel factions um, going up against, you know, Mysterio LWO, by the way, those shirts are awesome. If they're selling the LWO shirts at Monday night raw, I can promise you there's like an 80% chance after a couple beers. What? I buy one for sure. Um, And also Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Riddle. So I thought Monday Night Raw ended perfectly yesterday with, you know, like 15 guys in the ring, 10 guys, whatever it was, everyone going at it. I just ask you this. Without Roman, 
do you think this could sustain? I'm, I'm asking you, like, I don't know. Could it sustain for a few months here until we get into the weeds of the summer? Or is this something where once we get to the draft, once we get past backlash, a bunch of new stuff will be created where we're always not getting bloodline, Sammy, KO, though the tie, and then Ray and Dominic. How are all these things going to last through the thickest summer? Do you think after backlash in the draft, we start to see many differences? I think this is creating this the story of the summer, basically. So the partnership with, from what it seems with the bloodline and Judgment Day was we handle your problem, you handle our problem. And it was sort of just sort of a cool thing to see. Sadly, we didn't get this around war games because that would have been really cool to see 10 on whatever, how many guys on each one in the war games. But I think without Roman, you still can continue the short continue the bloodline storyline with the Usos there and then Sokoa who is slowly but surely becoming probably becoming a future champion in front of our eyes he is amazing he only took one pinfall loss that was to Cody Rhodes but after that I mean he's been tearing it down every time he steps in the ring it's just something about Sokoa that gives you a bit of Umaga just this real badass guy hanging around in the shadows with Paul Heyman around, the story will always be perfect. Paul Heyman can sell any story you put in front of him. So I think this is a great story to do. We know Roman is going to probably be gone for a month or two because he's a sadly a part-time champion at the moment. So the best thing to do is to keep the bloodline constantly on TV and intermingle with other factions on both shows to keep them fresh until Roman returns. Because the Judgment Day is hot right now. The L, what is it? The LWO, cool shirts, great point. They're picking up steam with them teaming up with Rey Mysterio. And then Sammy, Kevin, and Matt Riddle are just doing phenomenal work too. So you can really stretch this out until SummerSlam, honestly. Yeah, and at some point, I don't know when, you know, there's always different reports, but between AJ Styles, Randy Orr, and a couple others, definitely going to be getting some more returns. I'm a fan of everything they're doing. I'll just say this. I do like the creativity, how they kind of blended them, because it was getting a little stale to me, how it was always, you know, I know they added Riddle and stuff, but when it's always KO, Sammy, Riddle, and it's three on three, some solo gets help from the Usos, then KO, Sammy come out. So, no big tiff, but change up there would be nice. And like I said, I kind of like how they did that on Monday Night Raw. I couldn't agree with you more. Bloodline's going to carry us again once through the summer. Roman Reigns will be back. Ah, who knows the exact date? There's no timetable, but I'm sure he'll show up like once in May. Um, and then, you know, probably as we get so closer to SummerSlam, show up much, much more. But the main event, not for the summer, but for this coming pay-per-view, which we call Backlash, is official. It is going to be Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. They've never, uh, you know, had fought before, in the, in this, especially this big a magnitude. Uh, to me, you know, Cleve, I'm going to say this. We're not here to make our predictions, but they can't, they can't let Cody lose this. Now, if they can... How would you twist it up? Would you put in some interference? Uh, I just can't see a clean loss from Brock to Cody. Can you? A hard-hitting fight. Um, 
the ref ends up calling for the bout because he cannot control the fight. And Rome and Cody and Brock just basically beat the hell out of each other, steal chairs, probably announce table, some way to continue this feud leading until the big payoff, which will probably be sometime before SummerSlam. But I think I definitely agree this would not be a clean finish in this match. Yeah, because I just looked at it yesterday, Cleve. It's interesting. They have early May backlash in Puerto Rico. Then the end of May in, uh, is it? No, no, no. I'm sorry. The beginning of July. It's like the first weekend in July. They have Night of Champions in uh, Saudi Arabia. And then it's SummerSlam. And I'm going to go back into it to double check myself on that. But I believe they're skipping June this year. Let me make sure. Okay. No, no. I was right with my original thought. I'm sorry. Let me back up. I am correct on May 6th, Puerto Rico for Backlash. Then at the end of May, which I was going to say first, but then talked myself out of it, WWE United Champions are not calling it King and Queen of the Ring, but that's going to be in Saudi Arabia. Then they're skipping June, so they have one at the beginning of May, end of May. Then Saturday, July 1st will be Money in the Bank in London. I bring that up for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, it's a changing in the schedule for sure, but number two, Cleve, our next three pay-per-views are not in America. The next one that will be in the United States is August 5th, when we will be at SummerSlam in Detroit. Pretty amazing stuff. I definitely agree. It's a real cool look that we are getting more international shows. I think WWE has realized that as a as a company, they have grown from what it started out originally, especially even when it was during the 90s at the peak of their the Attitude Era. It's hence why they have so many commentaries. I wish they would show them all. They used to be so funny. You had um, Funaki and all these other commentaries from different countries of people that tune into WWE. So it's great to see. I think the my favorite one will probably end up being the Money in the Bank in London. I think the arena setup for that would be really, really dope to see. And we possibly could get a Roman appearance. I think he will make an appearance. i uh, probably make an appearance at Saudi Arabia too. Those are, you know, you know how we all feel about Saudi Arabia. But I think the Money in the Bank in London will be a fantastic way to win the three international pay-per-view trips that WWE has gone. Yeah, and that will be at the O2 Arena in London, England. So not Wembley Stadium. This is Money in the Bank. This isn't their big Super Bowl. But that, man, when I saw three international realm, like, you know, they have so many shows between house shows, NXT, and regular Smart on SmackDown. I'm not disappointed. You'll have some people say, oh, they're going international too much. Ah, keep growing the brand. Keep doing what you do. And you you go 365 days a year. So it's not like you're missing that much time. Um, but it's just unreal how the next pay-per-view in the United States will be from WrestleMania to SummerSlam. Because that's the two biggest shows we have outside of the Royal Rumble. Um, but we talked about a lot. I'm really looking forward to the summer ahead. I think we're going to have a great one. Uh, especially with all of the internationally, we're going to have a great, I don't know if I ever have the cojones to make an event internationally. I've been all over the United States. We'll see what happens for that. But for that being Cleve, this is me. Everybody enjoy your evening and watch AEW tonight. That leads into the weekend with Friday night. Schmackdown.